You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. What's this? Uh, Yo, what's going on? This is really, this is VI. And this, this is Factors TV. TV. Uh, what's episode, up, episode 22, man? 22? 22's in that thing. All right, man. That's what's Cadillac up. on 22. Ooh, bars. Just stupid. Matter of fact, uh, shout out to the verses that just passed, man. Oh, uh, man. Legendary, man. Uh, A-Ball, MJG, and uh, UGK had a verses. And um, Atlanta embarrassed themselves because they really wasn't up on it. <laughs> um, they were yelling for the commercial things, but you know, I'm sitting back here and all the cuts I used to grow up to. So that was nostalgia. That was dope, man. Shout out to them guys, man. Cause that man, was real legendary big for culture. stuff. Legendary, legendary big. stuff, man. I'm trying to tell you, people don't realize how much of an impact they had on black people during the nineties and early two thousands, you know, when, um, they were really making a name for themselves. They really just came out of left field, man. A-ball before the UGK. internet, before platforms, man, was underground, UGK, man, Texas, Suave man. house, Suave house, man, all that stuff. Screw. Fat Pat, man, we come from all that, man. You know what I'm talking about? Seattle's always been a melting pot of music, and the South has always shown us love. We always shown the South love, and that versus was just legendary, man. I know I ain't even on topic, but that was just something for no, the yeah, culture. No, 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 when you start sounding like, man, I made me think of the uh, versus. But uh, now, what's going on with you, man? Another week? Uh, another week, man. Um, another weekend, man, hanging out with the little ones, man, having the ball. Took them. We all went to Defy with the kids. Had a good time there, man. Uh, joined my nephews and my daughters, man. Just living life. Had an event on Friday, man. An all white, man, over at Mint Lounge. It was actually a good event, man. We do it for the city, man. Did you know? You know now. Um, what about you, though, man? What you had going last week and weekend? Uh, sure. I, was, I, was, I was with you. Uh, took the kids out to play. I um, mean, it was Memorial Weekend, so um, we took the we took the kids to play, and then we had our own all white, like bro said, Mint Lounge, and then there's uh. Khan and uh, Jamar and them guys had an all-white, too, Sunday night at stage. It was a weekend full of events, full of things to do. You know, uh, CEO Bag, uh, Black uh, had a pop-up all weekend. Uh, then he finished at Liberty Park and Renton, I believe. Uh, it was, um, yeah, two days up there at Soulmates yeah. on Broadway. Soulmates the last day. Uh, P's at, at, at Paris Joint. Then uh, they finished it at Liberty Park. So it was a weekend car show. We had a car show man, Monday. The car show we did, um, man. Shout out Pig, man. He's always done the car show uh, up there in Seward. It's been missing the past two years. So. Yeah, because of COVID, uh, they had it at Burien last year, and it wasn't the same. So this year was back, you know, at Sewer Park, and it was it, it was, was cracking like it was cracking days. like Sewer Park Sundays, yeah. man. You guys wouldn't know about it, man. <laughs> All you guys, you know, cats, cracking, would, so. you missed out a great thing. Seattle's car culture been there. Sewer Park Sundays, if you know, you f and know. And uh, I, like I said in my FB earlier, this past weekend in Seattle was lit. If you didn't have no fun, you ain't want to go out. I don't give a damn who yeah. you are, where you was at. If you was out in Seattle, if you was around the city, man, we had things going every day of the week, man. It was something to do Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So if you didn't get no good food, enjoy great people, you know, have a drink. That's on you. Good, but that's on you, man. So shout out to the town because we definitely represented and we got our shine on in a major fashion. No, yeah, definitely did. Um what do you what do you want to talk about? You want to talk the about the first thing I want to talk about, man, is you know everything's up, man. The price of you know of the dollar and the, oh, the inflation, it, inflation. Yeah, everything's up. Um, this is the highest inflation since December of nineteen eighty one, literally. Um, it's about twelve point eight percent higher. What the dollar, housing, the, or just the everything? Inflation, housing, everything is up. It's the highest it's been in the economy since December of uh, nineteen eighty one. 
And it's something that we don't see or feel or even think about until it's a recession or until it's inflation. And just going through this right now, you got to learn more about your economy. You got to learn about what's uh, what's adding and what's subtracting. You got to make sure you're in tune with what's going on around you because it affects your everyday life, whether it be putting gas in the car, buying groceries, or you're looking to buy a home. These are things that we as black people need to focus on more when it comes to financial literacy and also learning what's going on around us in the economy that we're a part of, that we contribute to and that we take from. Um, it's really, really a high inflation. If you think about it, um, when I was younger, gas was 98 cents, $6 now. Um, though even the price of milk, things like that, things we don't think about, we're just spending because it's a necessity and that's how they get us as things are, you know, necessary and we're gonna have to pay to get it. And it's nah. just crazy how people don't get, you know, everybody talk about the old days and all that, that, that stuff is out. I mean, but it's also us not taking a stand. Um, we have to take a stand as a people, um, cause the government just, I put it on Facebook not too long ago. Um, you know, the government shows you what they could do for you during a pandemic, you know, but when, you know, it's normalized back to how it was, they, they said no help, no aid to people. But during the pandemic, they found money out of nowhere. They pulled money out of thin air, billions of dollars. You too. know, they help people out. Um, so I, I think it's us to finally step up and say, hey, you know, you know, we're tired of it. Um, we do have to start treating our money right, though, and doing doing different things better, you know, with financial literacy. But um, it's it, like eventually we have to stand up. Like we have to, seriously. Yeah, because you can see just like when you said that it's a joke and we all laugh, but it real, it's a real thing. Like the world stopped or the U.S. stopped and all of a sudden they got money for this. They got money for Ukraine. We keep seeing these things happen and all of a sudden they got money for this, but not money for reparations or money for homeless or money for low-income housing programs or money for uh, single parents, whether it be female or male. Like there's no money for things that contribute to the citizens of America, but you, you have all these programs getting money when something happens. Ukraine, Ukraine getting billions of dollars. I don't understand. We've been hurt in the backyard for a long time, um, even with the pandemic. You know, the SBAs, all those things is just kind of like them saying, hey, here go the money, but it's only for a certain few and it's going to help you a little bit when it's just like a temporary relief or something that's been hounding us and for forever. Like it's been three stimuluses, it's been three, three four five, who knows? Yeah. But, you know, that helped at the time. But, you know, we need long time. Just like I say, it's a Band-Aid and a forever bleeding cut. You yeah. know, we need long term solutions, you know, real solid solutions, not just, hey, let's take care of it now. And then like the. I don't even know how much they divided between the country, but I mean, I'm pretty sure they pulling 40 billion out to send to Ukraine. They can do that, you know, for us too. You know what I'm saying? So what's going on next? Uh, I wanted to talk about um, briefly because it's kind of a tough subject. You know, we all know about the the children who died at the elementary school shooting, uh, the teachers as well. Um, I had just heard and read that the police stood outside, I believe, I believe the shooter was in the school for 70 minutes or something like that. And it just blew my mind. You know, you take an oath, you know, and you to protect and serve. And, you know, this is a job where you have to put your life on the line. And it's not like it's some grown children, new kid, uh, grown people. Those were kids in there. And, you know, I just read that, you know, police stood outside, you know, hearing gunshots. Well, you know? from what I was reading is they were saying taking safety precautions, but there were also police out there who, uh, if not had kids, they knew kids that were in there and they were able to get their kids and the parents of the kids who were in there weren't able to, to try to make any entrance or effort and were told that for safety reasons, it'd be best they stay outside while certain officers who knew kids or knew somebody with kids there went in to get kids. And it's almost disheartening because you can't sit there as a parent and hear your child 
in a situation. I would have been in there. Yeah, I would have been inside. It would have been a um a good uh up the middle play, run through some police, man, break through a door or window and get in there. No matter what I gotta do, the price I gotta pay. I couldn't sit there as a parent. You can only imagine what they were going through, the agony, the pain, and the anger of like I'm looking at someone who's supposed to serve us and protect us, telling me not to go get my lifeline, my kid and help them and save, save them. And it's just disheartening, man. I don't like um, the process or the protocol because as a parent, what are you supposed to do? You know what I'm saying? You're going to give your life for your child and for any as a police that, officer. What better glory than to die for a child? If you're going to die, who says you're going to die? But, you know, there's many ways you can go. You know, why not go in there and, you know, be a hero for trying to give your life. Steady stood by as children died. I just don't understand it, but, you know, I guess it's protocol, like you said. So, you know, I'm not going to knock it, but it's just it was disheartening to hear, you know, that just imagine being outside and hearing gunshots and knowing those shots are taking somebody out, taking a child out. I, it was just disheartening to hear that from me, you know. So, I mean, I hear you, though, in the protocol, you know, it is what it is, but it, it, that just tore me apart hearing that, man, reading that. I couldn't believe that, you know, to, to sign up for a job where you may have to put your life on the line, and and you know that day might come and for there to not be a better opportunity that presents itself to represent and save kids lives i just couldn't believe it man it was crazy yeah was so sending our send our love out to those families and the people of that community that are trying to heal and trying to rebound and bounce back just like the people over in buffalo um they lay their loved ones to rest i know some funerals are coming up to you know uh for a memorial of the children that were lost and the uh, teachers that were lost and so we're sending our love here at Converge and from Factor TV to you all. So we're praying for you and we're sending light. And, um, and and people say if you need anything, but that's a real thing. You know, if it's mental, whether it's verbal or emotional, there's people here who care, no, no matter if we're local or not. We definitely think about you guys and our hearts are with you. Definitely, without a doubt. Um, kind of staying, of course, keeping with the police in Missouri. Um, Leona Hales, 26 years old. She was shot five times um, in Missouri by the police. With her hands up, she was unarmed. I guess she was, you know, she allegedly carjacked somebody or something. Um, and she was pregnant, you know. And for, for you know, I, I just don't understand the, the logic. You know, the logic, you know, the method to that madness to shoot somebody, a, a woman, pregnant woman, with her hands up unarmed. And we've seen it before over and over, but it's like, as it continues, like, okay, what's, what's going to happen to change these policies, these procedures? Or, you know, how you go about handling situations, you know, how, if you can't deescalate a woman who's pregnant with her hands up, then what are you in the, you know, line of business for? You know, she she was shot five times unarmed, pregnant, you know, so um, that's horrible. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering what's going to happen, how this is going to transpire. You know, Missouri is a hotbed for issues like this. Um, so many things happening. So I'll. I was just taking back when I read that. You no, know? yeah, and it's and it's crazy because all the policing and the, and the um, policies that they have, just like with Seattle, people are making fun of. Uh, we're starting to have a higher percentage of basically uh, people fleeing from the police because of the law that is saying that police, depending on the situation, have to digress. They have to back off a of pursuit, which a lot of people say, "Oh, it's bad," and all the you know defunding and all that. But when you think about it, there are certain things that people are scared of and running from that aren't worth their life or no one else's life. And so people frown upon that, but I kind of think it's a good thing, just like with the situation of the pregnant woman who have been shot five times, what's really worth pulling your gun and shooting someone? Well, how do you balance that? Like, how do you say, okay, it's okay, I pull my gun on a pregnant woman that stole a car or allegedly stole a car. So some of these uh, policies definitely have to be reviewed and be changed. And even for the one Seattle has changed about um, 
not pursuing a high speed that, you know, puts other people in danger as well as the driver you're chasing and a police officer, which would seem like, you know, kind of a backhanded thing. But really, in all in all, I think it helps not just save people from dying or people from being scared, but also the police who are held accountable and starting to be held more accountable for certain things, whether it be lawsuits or taking lives. Um, this thing is really, really huge. But when it comes to other places in the South, the laws are a lot different. And so I hope that they police these things differently and take a chance to look at it and review, you know, the steps, how they take. Uh, how they go about taking people in or um, trying to break down a situation. Definitely, you know, so speedy recovery to her because uh, for our belief, she's still alive. Baby survived? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not going to pull any, you know, false things in there. there. You know, yeah, yeah, we're just sitting in prayers and praying for prayers, you know. And I hope the situation gets handled in the best manner. Um, we know the system and everything is not for that, but, you know, hopefully it gets handled in the best manner. Um like we spoke earlier, this past weekend was Memorial Weekend. Yes, sir. And I want to know what that means to you. Well, for me, Memorial Day weekend is all, as a kid, it was just family time. Time to celebrate, see people you haven't seen, enjoy friends, go to events in Seattle. Um, there was so many things going on as a youth, whether it was Rip the Cut, um, parades. It was a lot going on. So growing up in Seattle was more a family-oriented thing. And then um, personally getting older, you know, I, I literally – I take Memorial Day for everyone I've lost, you know, remember, remembering everyone that we have lost and people that might not serve in the army or, you know, served in the streets, might not, you know, they, they could have <laughs> served in the streets. It could have been your grandma, you know, it could have been anybody that you love and care about. I just honestly, I like to pray and remember our ancestors and those who come before us and those we lost. So Memorial Day, you know, has a lot to do with family and stuff to me, but also not just people of service who I still give out a lot of love to and show love we have to family, we have family, but family and real friends who we've lost and um, we miss and we just want to hold a light to them and shine bright for them. Oh yeah. And that just like many things in America, by people, we make it our own. So yeah, growing up, it was always about showing love to people we've lost, rejoicing, having a good time. Um, then, then I learned that, you know, as many things, Memorial day, just a celebration of it, was really about celebrating David Blight made it to point so many places, cities say they started the celebration. So many different groups do, but David Blight is on record for um, speaking on and honoring the freed slaves and the farmers and the blacks who joined, you know, the fight and ultimately died. So it was his point to, you know, to memorialize them. So for us, that's where, you know, it really it originated from. from. Yeah, you know, that originated from. We're celebrating um, black soldiers of the past who fought yeah. for our rights and fought for our freedoms. In, in the Civil War, free slaves, you know, they um, they joined the fight and they, they were a big part, you know, pushing, you know, pushing through. So uh, I, I learned that not too long, well, a while ago, but it just, it slips my mind to I think about it. You know, it's not only about the people we love and, and service and, and all yeah, that. Yeah. But it's about the past and making sure those people's names don't die. You know, there were there were soldiers, the the soldiers, the black soldiers who died, a lot of them got unmarked graves. Yeah, and a lot of that's they're finding a lot of unmarked graves and like um bulk graves, like plenty like 10 bodies, 12 bodies in one plot and no markings, you know, no headstones and no toe tags. There's nothing that, no dog tags, nothing that's going to give them any type of clarity or closing on finding a family or a proper burial. But we definitely want um, to shine light on these people who have fought for us so many years ago and literally gave their lives for us to live now and still fight for our rights in this country that we are in. Um, we're going to go to a break, man. Um, you guys check us out. Be right back. It's Factors TV. 
Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media. Sheesh. We're back at it, man. It's Factors TV. And uh, we're going to head down to the dirty south of a place me and my bro had grew up and we had uh, spent a lot of time in our earlier years, Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, we're going to take a trip down to Lake Lanier where another life has been claimed by this possessed lake. No, yeah, Lake, lake Lanier. Um, over the weekend, a 20-year-old, di- a 20-year-old died um, on, in Margarita, Margaritaville on Lake Lanier. Um, it's, it's the 200th in... It's another death, It's death, drowning at Lake Lanier. And um, my thing is, it's just, it's not going to stop. And it's not a coincidence. Yeah. You know, uh, people don't really know the history of Lake Lanier, which is uh, an old town. It was, it was Oscarville. Oscarville. And uh, the city needed electricity and they needed a place to create a dam and flood. And guess where they chose? Where all the black people were. They chose to, fl- to flood out the black people, push them out. And there's, there's literally, there's a school, there's a bank, there's a racetrack. There's different, there's, people say there's def, there's literally a suction, a vacuum you can feel coming from down there. And that's because there's still, there's still people down there, still homes down there, there's still lives down there. There's still buses down there, airplanes, like there's things down there that people left behind, you know, because they were chased out, flooded out. And, you know, it's happened in plenty of places in America, but that's one of the most documented ones. And the fact that Lake Lanier keeps taking lives, I mean, it's like, how more evident do you got to be, whether you believe in curses or not, whether you believe in, you know, happenstance spirits you know, or whatever you know, it is. Over 200 drownings. Um, and every summer, you know, it just seems like it doesn't stop when it comes to Lake Lanier. And it's just it's just insane because there's so many plights like that across America where, you know, black people were, were pushed. I believe we spoke on it earlier, you know, in the year on, on the same on this very platform about the different you know atrocities that's happening against blacks with towns that have been flooded out from. Oregon to yeah. Alabama to Georgia. Central Park. Yeah. You know, Central Park and how they were pushed out. Um, but yeah, that that was that 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 caught my eye in the news because it's like at one point do they reconcile, at one point do they say, Hey, there's something going on, there's something wrong, you know, we need to see what's happening. Even though we know what's going on, it's you know, it's our ancestors, it's the energy, it's you flooding out black people and leaving, you know, standing, you know, fixtures down there still, you know, and people boating and fishing over them like nothing happened, you know, nothing's going to come from it. But what are you guys going to do about it? And then that's what's crazy about it is, is that they are not trying to shine a history on it. Like you guys literally said, hey, we want this town. They refused and without warning was flooded. There are literally people and families that were killed that did not leave their homes. that did not believe they would be forced out. And for a lot of people, you think of it as, you know, we went through a lot with slavery and with Jim Crow and with all it's so many brutal things that's happened to black people and been taking place to uproot us from our homes and from our neighborhoods. Uh, The war on Black Wall Street, which actually bombed a uh, a U.S. city just to get black people out of there because they were building such a great community. Um, Like my brother said, Oregon, um, so many places where. It's genocide. We've been through so many different genocides as black people trying to kill us and take us out. You know, war on drugs, school to prison pipeline, whether it comes to relocation, redlining. There's so many things that's built to kill kill us to keep us back. And a lot of people don't realize that. Lake Lanier is another reason uh, for them to look depth in depth into what's going on. I mean, people keep dying. 
there's no progress in that place. People lose things all the time. And it's just come to a point where as a state, you have to look at it like, hey, something might not be right. And every time someone has survived a drowning, which you can look up yourselves, they always say they felt like they were being pulled down. And I believe in that. I believe in energy. I believe in lives that's been lost. And I believe in the history of it still having a hold on what's going on today. So, man, I don't know, man. Lake Lanier is somewhere I'm not going to go. I don't care if I got a boat or a jet ski. You can keep that, man. Um, you can go vacation there, Have fun. Uh, people keep going. And, you know, Lord forbid anything else happens. But, I mean, over 200-plus drownings. I don't know what else, you know, they expect to happen. So, we'll see. As you know, the summer goes on. Um, right now, uh, when it comes to sports, we're in the midst of the NBA Finals. Yeah, Sersky. You know, um, I don't really have a horse in the race because I'm a Seattle Supersonic to the day I die, son. So, um, but I am pulling for the Warriors. I've never been a Boston Celtics fan. Don't like the city. Don't like the racist stigma that comes from the city, um, honestly. Um and I'm West, you know, so I'm hoping for the Warriors to pull it out. You know, I want Curry to, you know, get another ring, you know, because he, he stayed down. He asked for trades. Um, he the took Warriors a big pay cut, too. I, I remember that. He took pay cuts. He's also been paid. But the Warriors built their team from drafting, you know. Besides when KD came over, they had rings before KD got there. Tell people that all the time, you know. Um, but the fact that they drafted everybody, you know, Draymond, him, Clay, uh, Jordan Poole now, you know, it's like, I want them to win because they did it the right way, you know, in my eyes, you know. Yeah. They ain't going to get no help. Um, I'm really uh, – I'm the type of guy that I want my people to win. And, well, I mean, my people, I mean black people. So, I understand that both teams have black people, but I understand that Marcus Smart, Tatum, they all want their ring. They're trying to get their first ring. I don't like Boston. I'm not a fan, but I'm a fan of people, you know, living out their dreams and obtaining them. And hopefully they got it in the tank to go ahead and get that – uh pull it out, man, because you can't go seven games with uh, Golden State. That's not that's not really what why I feel. They've done it with Cleveland and other teams, but that's already being up 3-1. So you want to jump on it early and make sure you got a hold of them because these guys run and shoot, man, and they don't miss much. And when they do, man, you better take advantage. So, I mean, I'm not going for Boston, but I do want the young guys and the guys who are without rings to go get that ring, man. You know, who don't want to see somebody celebrate, man, feel like they achieved something they probably worked their entire life for. So, um, not really, like you said, don't got a horse in the race, but I definitely want to see Tatum and Smart. And, you know, a couple guys over here who stayed through stuff. Like, those are players who didn't go anywhere. They didn't ask for nothing. Just like you said, they built their team. And, man, it's a time Boston past couple years and, wasn't even making it. And, um, and you know, they have a black coach. You know, I'm always voting, you know, voting for black. So I'm not knocking it, but I am going for the Warriors uh, to win. But either team, I really, you know, really wouldn't affect me. You know, it's like the past Super Bowls. You know, we're not in. I don't care what happens. You know, it is what it is. Um, but somebody I was hoping to win, and he did win. Young Johnny Depp in the building. <laughs> shout out to Johnny Depp, man. man. He just shout won, out Johnny Depp, man. No, yeah, he just won his defamation case, and I don't feel like it was enough money. He won. He was suing for fifty million. Uh, they gave him fifteen million, um, and he lost roles. They took him out of Pirates of the Caribbean franchises. Um, his life was affected. His, his reputation was affected in many ways when Amber Heard, you know, put those allegations against him and wrote that co-op in the Washington Post. Um, and he won today and it's a slight victory, but, you know, still there's emotional pain there. You know, there's physical pain. There's, you know, mental pain, you know, and anguish. You know, your ex-wife takes you through the, the dirt and you come out victorious, but you had to you had to pay you had to get the best lawyers. You had to prove your and he was guilty to prove innocent. You know, you had to lose like like you said, yeah. he lost the franchise to Pirates of the Caribbean. He also had an upcoming role in Harry Potter. Facts. 
he was going to start, you know, having a role and lost that immediately, along with other partnerships with liquor brands and stuff, the kind of things I was reading earlier. So as I told my our friend Clee, you know, what I'm saying who's a lawyer, I was like, hey, that sounds great. But he lost probably a couple hundred million in money in deals, you know, what I'm saying because of hers wanting to sue him and all that. And the thing is, I don't get about her is you were cheating. You were, you know, being abusive. You're doing all this and you took this man to court as if you didn't have any faults. And that's what I don't get about people in these situations. It's better, I would say, better to get amongst each other and figure it out before thinking you're going to go away with someone not realizing that the things you've done cost you too, cost you as well. I'm pretty sure her team and lawyers and family was gassing her up, saying she's going to get this and get that and he's going down not knowing he had videos of this and recordings of that. And it's just like, hey, if you would have just been like clean divorce, I was wrong, pride swallowed and wouldn't be here. But now you have to pay up a $15 million you don't have. And he has to give her $2 million, but she can have that. And what's she going to do? So it's just kind of disheartening for to know that people can handle things differently without court or the system. And her thoughts and ideas had to be she was going to be cashed out, protected, and now I know for sure she's like, what the hell just happened? I mean, she, her whole, it was like, watch that. I know many people come up with trial and just watching the whole thing was a circus. Um, even the experts she brought in was terrible. Um, her lawyers, you know, Johnny Depp, that, his whole team, especially uh, Miss Camille, she was on point, you know, and they, and they put the facts out there. They had evidence. You know, he, he had a really good approach and presentation. So no wonder he won. But it's just crazy just watching that unfold because that's not only them. That happens in households around America. Everywhere. You know, um, in so many ways that we speak on, you know, many offenses towards women. But, you know, there's men who suffer, too, who go through things, um, who deal with, you know, narcissism and gaslighting and so many, you know, things that aren't spoken on because your men are supposed to be tough and resilient and, you know, not, you know, not care. Affected by yeah. things people you are know. doing to us mentally, emotionally or anything. No, yeah, you know, and, and you definitely are. So um, that's a W for everybody, you know. That's yeah. a W for everybody. You, you know, that is not a debt for everybody. But, um, Come to the barbecue, Deb, man. You invite to the barbecue, bro. We understand, I man. I mean, he's been there, man. He's he my guy. He loyal. Idiot, man. No, they ain't. Oh, don't be Amber Heard in these streets. Uh, any shout outs you got? <laughs> Do not be like Big Amber. Anyways, man, um, I want to shout out my net, uh, my godson, uh, Dre. He has a clothing line kind of Dauphine designer. Um, his clothing line is basically representing himself and where he comes from. Everybody's uh, addicted to things, nice things. But, you know, it's about how we go about it to get them is what matters most. So his mission statement, everything he's uh, selling with the clothing line, it actually makes sense for someone who's 18 or 19. And uh, I love his vision, man. So shout out to you, Jure, man. I hope you uh, have a lot of success with this clothing brand. Designer Dope Fiend, man, is definitely something you should check out, man. That's dope, man. I, I want to shout out all the creators in the city no one you know specifically all the creators whether you're a content creator whether you create events um a lot of times it's overlooked you know i, I put on facebook not so long ago you know who calls the promoter you know promoter books the djs pays the djs pays for the flyer hits the flyer guy brings people into venues there's people who never gotten to venues promoter brings them in um ultimately the promoter pays you know puts people in position to get paid puts money in calendar you know it's ultimately a boss um and it's not really reciprocated you know and that's and it's beyond promoters but just from you know us being event planners and promoters you know there's people who's got djs who got in places who don't call say hey i'm in the spot now what's going on you know there's a host who you brought on who don't say hey i'm here rocking let's do this you know, so I want to give a shout out to all the content creators, all the, you know, event creators um, 
who make spaces who, for people to come celebrate safely, enjoy, whether it's, you know, a mixer, um, um, a candle making, you know, uh, you know, a, uh, a Kalina got the yeah, candle Kalina Bruce, spot. she got the candle making um, spot. West clubs, um, Baza has been having the, you know, the business mixers and the, you know, social, you know, meetings and stuff like everybody, you know, who creates for people to, to grow their business or network, you know, cause it's overlooked, you know, it's just, Oh, I had a good time, you know, this and that, but you don't see the gift yeah. and you know, that the way that person connected you, you know what I'm saying? It's always low. It's always overlooked. So shout out to everybody who creates, you know, space and time and energy and opportunities for everybody else around you. Even though I notices it, I do. Cause I've done it plenty of times, you know, so thankless efforts, man. Thankless efforts, man. Well, it's been episode 22 of factors TV. I'm really, I'm VI and we out. See you next week. When the blue notes, that's a mobby pass. Blast.